And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. Today we're going to focus on one of my all-time favorite songs, Mary's Prayer, by the band Danny Wilson. Don't let the name fool you, they were a band. They released a few albums in the late 80s, early 90s, and Mary's Prayer was by far their biggest hit, and it was their only hit in the U.S., you might remember the song from the movie There's Something About Mary, and I had a chance to speak with its lead singer, Gary Clark. And helping me relive my youth today is Gary Clark. Gary, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. So, I'll, I'll get to the Danny Wilson stuff in a second. Um, I have to tell you, Sing Street was probably my favorite movie of 2016. I thought the music was phenomenal. I thought it got a bad rap not getting nominated for best song, Driver Like, you know, you stole it. Um, how did you get involved in uh, that movie? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, it actually goes way back to Danny Wilson. Um, John Carney, who is a bit younger than me, was a kid when Danny Wilson's first album came out. And his brother, who the kind of the brother character in the movie is based on his John's actual brother, and he used to turn John onto these albums and stuff, just as just as happened in the movie. And one of the albums that he turned them onto was our first album. And so John's original idea was to get a few people that that had a few different artists from that time that he'd been listening to as a kid, and get them to write a song each, maybe you know. And so he called me and asked me to write a song, sent me a bunch of briefs, and I just picked one at random and sent them a song, which actually in the end got cut from the movie, the cut scene. Um, but he liked it so much that he asked me to stay on and do the whole, the whole movie. So that was a film. Now, yeah, John also directed the great movie Once, so, uh, so he had uh, yeah. a nice tra- track record. Uh, were you actually surprised about how well-received the movie was? Uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I'd never, I'd had songs in movies before, but I'd never been so involved in a movie and written stuff specifically for it. So I had a lot more invested, and I was kind of... Uh, there was a bit of a lull after the film had been made, um, and I thought, this is never going to come out. So kind of hadn't been disappointment moments or anything from after that was bonus and about a year later it started to go out in small theaters and stuff and um yeah the, critically the critics absolutely loved it but it just didn't seem like a distribution that i wish it got but hey it was it's great experience yeah i i think that's going to be like a cult classic word of mouth and i think it's going to grow over time because i mean quite frankly it was set you know over 30 years ago so it's it's not like it's going to be dated yep. any more than you know it already is. So I, I think it's going to yeah. get a big following. Because I actually say that to John. I, I've said to John a number of times, I actually think what the mouth of this movie, it's kind of the perfect weekend movie, you know, and, you, and kids can watch it, and like teenagers can watch it, and adults can watch it. And it's like, it's, it's a, just a really good way to spend two hours, you know. And, yeah. uh, I said to him that I, I think it'll grow, and... He doesn't believe me, but, you know, it's nice to hear somebody confirm that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, right, right after, you know, I watched it, I immediately, you know, bought the album, and I was listening to it, like, nonstop. I mean, Drive Like You Stole It. I mean, 
I have to, you know, thank you, and I also have to hate you for keeping that in my head for, like, months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, no problem. Now, back to uh, Danny Wilson days. Like John, I, I was a big fan of you guys. Uh, how did you form? I didn't form, did you say? Sorry. Yeah. Did you say form? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Jed and I, Jed and I, and Jed's uh, a tall chap, bass player mainly, but you know, plays other things as well. But he, he and I were at school together and were just kind of like right-hand musical buddies right through school and high school. And then we went to London together to try and get record deals and fail with them, all this kind of stuff. So we'd been making music for a long time. And, um, we were in London for three years, couldn't get arrested, and we came back to Scotland for just a little bit of recharge our batteries. And my kid brother at the time, in the interim period, had started playing in bands. And I, I went in to see his band rehearse, and I was kind of, wow, he's really great, and he's fantastic live. And so I asked him if he would, he, on, the, on the promise that he could stay with his his other band, his own band, I asked him if he'd come and play with us. And then we started to, to gig around uh, Scotland and we got a review in NME, which was a big deal music paper at the time. And the, the labels saw this review and started to call the journalists to find out where we were. And kind of springboarded from there and had to give up his own band and come full time and um, yeah it was a journey between me and Jed but in the probably six months of kit well, now, now um, Danny Wilson wasn't the original name of the band correct? no 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 we were actually Spencer Tracy after the actor and uh, we signed the Virgin Records as Spencer Tracy, made the album, and we were just about to drop the album, and what came back from it, I guess he did a legal search in the US, and it was, we were told that we couldn't use the name Spencer Tracy, so we had, a, had to come up with something pretty damn quick, like the artwork was ready and everything. Now, you, you settled on uh, Danny Wilson, which, you know, uh, Meet Danny Wilson was, you know, a big uh, Frank Sinatra movie. Uh, my grandmother was a huge Frank Sinatra fan. Uh, she was the president of the fan club in, you know, in the New York chapter. Uh, so oh, really? Wow. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, she used to tell me stories. How you, she's like... Is Danny Wilson, actually, we, the three of us actually went to see Sinatra play Carnegie Hall. Oh, um, wow. when, when we were in New York recording the horns for the album and uh, that was a big deal for us because my dad and who's also Kit's dad obviously was a huge Sonata fan we grew up with Sonata kind of everywhere at times right and I'm um, you know like I think his music is like timeless and I think it's like universal so I, I think really like anybody can enjoy it and um, you can certainly hear some of it in, in Danny Wilson's music yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's actually, like, on the second album, there's that intro to Imaginary Girl, which is super Sinatra-influenced, you know? 
And we used to actually, to raise money to make demos and stuff, we used to go out and play. We would busk in the street and play a little jazz club. And we would do, it was just as a three-piece kit, play sax. Mm. Yeah, we'd play stand-up bass and play guitar and sing. And we would do all kinds of Sinatra stuff, just to tend to trap and all of you. Right now, like the new wave era, kind of like you know, kind of faded a little bit in the you know late '80s, and then you know, you guys emerged, and I think like Swing Out Sister, Sade. I mean, it was like different type of like you know jazzy type of like '80s pop music. Um, you guys feel that way? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I kind of felt at the time. You see, when we were in London. I guess we were trying to get a record deal and trying to sound like what was on the radio at the time. At that time, it was kind of a little earlier in the 80s and everything was a bit spiky and talking heads or, you know. Um, and we got into that. Electronic. And, but the big, the big revelation kind of happened for me when towards the end of the London time, we went in to make some demos and I had just kind of basically went right back to what I loved, which was allowing all these influences to come in that were kind of uncool at the time, which was Stevie Dan was a big one for me and Stevie Mandel and Sonata and Bacharach and Hal David and, 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 and just allowing these things to come in and I sort of really just suddenly felt like, oh, this is me. This feels like my song, you know. And it was done, I mean, I kind of really felt that it was, it was almost like giving up on chasing the, the record deal situation. And that ironically, of course, is when it all turned around. But we never felt, I guess what I'm trying to explain is we never ever were following any scene or, or part of any scene. Perhaps a few things like that did come through at that time, but it, it, was, it was, I don't know, I think it was just probably a reaction to Right, and then uh, Mary's Prayer was released, and it had an interesting journey through the UK pop charts, didn't it? Favorite song of the year that wasn't a big hit, 
and Mary's prayer won this rule by some huge margin, which convinced Virgin to, to go with it for a third time. And I'll be honest, I was kind of trying to talk them out of it. I, I, I said, oh, come on, you know, we've done it twice. It's getting embarrassed, embarrassing, you know. And they, um, they said, no, I think we've got a shot. You know, I, we know that Radio 1 will play it now because it was their poll that brought this thing up. So so, so we went with that, did a, a, a remix, and we put it out again. And this time it just went like super fast right up the chart and got to number two. We didn't get to number one. Right so, now. yeah, it's a little fight out there. Right, and kind of like an underdog, you know, uh, fight, you know, that song, yeah. I think, was like maybe 20 around in, in the U.S. Uh, it got a lot of video play, I remember, yeah. on a VH1 when I, when I was younger, watching yeah. it a lot. I, uh, I had the cassette of Meet Danny Wilson. Unfortunately, uh, my stereo ate the tape a couple of years later. And I, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, was yeah. <laughs> it was out of print for a while. So I remember going to a Virgin mega store in the import section and lo and behold, Mary's Prayer was on a Virgin Hits CD. So I was like, thank God, you know, I was able to get that song again. And, then, <laughs> and after that, I was able to acquire the rest of your, your catalog. Um, what is your relationship with Mary's Prayer these days? Um, I'm, I'm actually, I would say I'm very grateful for Mary's Prayer because, I mean, in, in what I do now, which is writing and producing for other people, very few people know that song because it's such a long time ago. Although it does get quite a lot of play on the nostalgia radio here now, actually, it's been up a lot. But um, most people that I work with don't know it was me. But a lot of the record executives do or did, and it opened a lot of doors for me. And then the story I told you earlier of John Carney would never have called me if it wasn't for me, Danny Wilson, you know. So there's been a number of times in my life that you know, prayer has kind of either opened doors or come back and helped me out in one way or the other. So it's, it's, it's it, and you know, it's, it's, it's one song, but it's amazing how, um, you know, how good it's been to me. So I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. So what is the actual meaning of the song? It's really just a lost love song. I, I, I think um, when I was growing up, I was um, brought up in the, the Catholic school, Catholic church. I was an altar boy, all that kind of stuff. And then when I was kind of hit my mid-teens, I turned my back on that. But, I mean, I've never sort of stopped being a spiritual person, but I wasn't, I, I just didn't follow the religion anymore. And but something had kind of happened in growing up with all those hymns and that language, that Victorian glorious hymn, that religious language that it kind of seeped into me. And when I started looking for cool ways of writing songs and saying things, I started to use a lot of that imagery. And I, I think I wrote about three songs using that, and Mary's Prayer was the last and definitely most successful. I mean, just as a song, not as I mean, it was in terms of success as well, but it was the best of those songs. And so I stopped doing that after that. It was kind of like, oh, I did that. Um, but really the song was just about a 
um, losing a girl and regret really it's really just about what I wouldn't give to be when I was in prayer it's like when, when she used to pray for me um, and, and what I wouldn't give to be back there again it's as simple as that well, hmm. it also has a bit of kind of wishing her well into the future right now when you guys first started out did the band get mistaken a lot for being a solo artist with the name Danny Wilson? Yeah, I, th- I think it was a, a mistake, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> a bit late now. Just a little late now. But, um, yeah, it really confused people. And I still think to this day a lot of people know that song but don't know who recorded it because it was just a confusing message, I think. I mean, originally when it was Spencer Tracy, I think it was more obvious, you know. Right. Um, but Danny Wilson is just a regular guy's name, even though it wasn't Sinatra film. It's not a huge movie. You know? So, um, yeah, we confused a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then now, um, how much, uh, like, messages on Twitter do you get uh, for uh, fans of Gary Clark Jr.? Yeah, too many, to be honest. <laughs> I've got tired of replying, saying, excuse me, it's not me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it happens probably two or three times a week. Not as much as you would think, to be honest, but certainly two or three times a week. Right. <laughs> and I know just didn't know. But there was a funny thing happened uh, when my publisher, uh, they uh, knew had a new intern working in the Canadian office and she called Alison, who's my wife and manager, um, or I think she emailed her, to say, uh, I see your husband's on tour and I'd like, can you tell me what the set list from the, from the shows are so that we can collect the royalties? And Alison sent her back a picture of me this bold, white Scottish guy and a picture of Gary Clark <laughs> and said you know my husband not my husband on tour not on tour <laughs> that's that's so funny <laughs> now yeah I get sent any of my royalties maybe I could get sent some of right <laughs> have um has there been any talk of uh, you you three uh, reuniting at all now talking to um, Universal Records are now the owners of the rights to the albums because they bought Virgin Records well they actually bought the airline as well Virgin Records like the fish who swallowed the flies swallowed the thing but the, um, we've been talking to them about the, either the possibility of them repackaging the records or them giving us rights to the records for a period of time to do our own repackaging and you know obviously around that we've talked about would we be able to do some live shows Jed Jed is fully a full time member of uh, Simple Minds now and okay. obviously I have a lot of commitments doing some other stuff and so it's not as easy to to organise as you would think but it's all hinging hinging around at the moment this, if we can strike a deal with Universal to, to get those rents, and then it would probably take us a year to figure out 
you know, to get a package together and get them released and stuff, and hopefully we'll be able to plan ahead enough in advance with the guys from Super Minds to get, get some time to do some gigs around that. But it's a possibility, it's not a definite thing, you know. Yeah, we'll definitely have our fingers crossed. So, uh, what are you uh, what are you working on Thank currently? You. I have a, a brand new artist that I've been developing, and I'm also writing songs with John Carmen for a future project of his. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all we're planning to do. <laughs> All right, well, that's great. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for a few minutes today. Really appreciate it, and uh, I love your music. No, it's not. Thank you so much, man. Everything is wonderful. Being here is heavenly. Every single day she sends. Everything is free. I used to be so careless. As if I couldn't care If you shake the tree too 